Yes. All right. Loud and clear. <clears throat> All right. Do I want to hear myself? That's the question. Well, it doesn't matter what you want. Everyone wants to hear you. <laughs> so. I noticed the uh, questions about England have dried up, but I am going back there next week. So. Uh, well, we got a couple questions in. My mind will be refreshed and ready for whatever you can throw <laughs> at me. <laughs> let's, <clears throat> let's intro this thing. Hello, welcome to Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. This is a podcast talking about horror movies. Old ones, new ones, borrowed ones, blue ones. We're your hosts, I'm Richard. With me are Jolian and Will. Hello. That's Will. Good evening. That's Jolian. <clears throat> so, um, thank you Moonrays for the song at the beginning of the show, Intro Creature Features. Find them on iTunes. Is there an outro creature features? We could outro with it. There's no reason we can't. I mean, we got the door creaking leading in. We could do a door slamming leading out. Yeah. We could like make everything nicely symmetrical. I think that sounds good. <clears throat> hey, there's our movie. Oh, holy shit. Jolene's brought in some... Somebody burned Bill magazine. <laughs> 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 because we watched Near Dark. Near Dark. Oh, was it Near Dark we were supposed to watch? Yeah. Oh, shit. No, I'm kidding. I watched it. Um, I can't believe I've never heard of this movie. You hadn't? No. I conflate things from John Carpenter's Vampires with Near Dark mm. and make it into this shitty movie in my head. But with an awesome cast. Yeah. James Woods fighting Lance Henriksen. <laughs> right. That'd be pretty cool. Um, do you want to talk about what we sure. watched since last What did you watch since last time? Yeah. Well, uh, movie-wise, I watched... You're not just looking out the window. No. I watched uh, Warriors of the Wastelands, which is a terrible Italian Mad Max Mm. with bubble domes. Wow. (laughs) And some terrible stuff happens to the... George Eastman in that? They all wear like white Uh shoulder pads. With with the big giant shoulder pads and they have mohawks and names Mm. like Gospel. The, the post-apocalyptic world, world looks like a quarry somewhere in yeah, Italy. Yeah, they keep driving around the same quarry. It's not... It's not Bronson Canyon. No, it's smaller than Bronson Canyon. Um, and then I watched The Last Shark, which is an Italian Jaws. Ultimo Squalo. Oh, is that, uh, is that the, the rip-off movies? Vic Morrow is playing Quint. I mean, not Quint. <clears throat> <laughs> I think Werewolf Ambulance talked about this. Yeah. They referred to him as Quimped. <laughs> yeah, he did a terrible accent. It was... Ooh. I kind of shy away from those because, like, those, those Italian ones, they'll they do things to animals. And... Yes, there, that one was... There were some shots that were clearly a dead shark being manipulated yeah. or <laughs> drugged through the water. If yeah. you're, uh, you know... 
can't handle that in movies. I would stay away too. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some laughingly bad effects, though. Um, the shark <laughs> comes up at one point and hits the bottom of the boat, and it cuts to a like a cutaway scene of the water. And I swear it's just a silhouette cut out of a shark mm-hmm. that they animated to hit the bottom of this cheaply made black construction paper boat. I oh, mean, man. it's it was really bad. The third grade class they worked really hard on it though, so I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to talk bad about it too much. Well, they clearly put a lot of effort into their arts and crafts. Then I watched Anaconda. Uh-huh. I don't know why. That's quite amusing. It is quite amusing. It is so bad. It is so unbelievably bad. Uh, I had forgotten all about the waterfall going up. Hmm. And uh, I noticed not a lot of continuity errors. I think that was probably a really troubled <laughs> film shoot. Um, and then finally... Um, Gene has been watching a show, old TV show, and the only reason I bring this up is because we have made this into a sort of Twin Peaks meets uh, Northern Exposure backstory to what is essentially a terrible soap opera show called The Heart of Dixie, which we've redubbed Dr. Dixie. (laughs) And they live in a town that's sort of Alabama. It's actually a different dimension. Like Brigadoon, it only appears every 200 years. Oh. Um, In the actual show, although they never address it and what caused us to start thinking of this, although I don't know why we went the supernatural route. Because it's uh, fun. Basically, this town that's very... Uh, out of time, it, it's not a real place. It's like a fake, fake Mayberry in Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, it's trapped in the you know '60s or something. Um, a f- former pro football player who's black, Levon Hayes, basically goes and buys this town. Um, so the the underlying message here is, uh, and I, we think it's hilarious, is this guy. <laughs> basically owns a town full of white people. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, and then we just spun off because the characters don't make any sense. I don't think the writers know what they're trying to do, and it's well into the season. Wow. Uh, it's a, a really shitty trip uh, ripoff of Northern Exposure. I would not watch it unless you are really creative and can come up with a backstory oh. <laughs> involving witches and uh, mommy issues. <laughs> do you ever do you ever do that game um, in the airport or the restaurant where you just start making up backstories for all the other people who are there? When do I not do that game? <laughs> That's probably the same with me. I do that more than I not do that. I'm either looking for celebrity lookalikes or um, funny backstories. So, <laughs> yeah. Anything else you've seen? No, I think that's that does it. What about you? Oh, I started uh, watching The Heat. The Heat? The movie The Heat? Yes. Not, it's, not the big heat. No, just the, the heat. heat with Sandra Bullock and 
Oh, yeah, okay. Melissa McCarthy, because Joel Hodgson and the two original robots from mm-hmm. MST3K did a improv oh, commentary, nice. so... It's a terrible, terrible, terrible movie. <laughs> That's three terribles. <clears throat> You've not watched anything you think is good. Um, I liked a lot of things. Not because I've they enjoyed, were good. I've enjoyed Heart of Dixie, even though it's a dreadful show. But I enjoy making fun of it. Um, no, I haven't really watched anything other than Near Dark that was... Good. Now that makes me question the quality of Near Dark. <laughs> it must be bad if you watched it. No. <clears throat> it might not actually be good because I watched such shit before it. <laughs> it seems, you know, far beyond. Uh, oh, just Let's just say there's some bad filmmaking out there. <laughs> Probably more bad than good. So, Julian, what have you watched? Well, uh, to get myself in the mood for uh, our night of terror, I uh, stuck on the Chiller channel while I was waiting for you to turn up. And uh, uh, that, yeah, have you heard of this channel? It's like the sci-fi channel, but yeah. worse. Yeah, I've heard. Uh, yeah, I timed it. It was like uh, six minutes of movie, and then you get seven minutes of ads. Yeah. Oh. And the and the movie was just terrible. Like in the six minutes I saw. Uh, there's like, um, uh, th- there's this woman and she's, she's naked and she's had her head cut off. And of course the only bits they blur are her nipples. Or as I called it college. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, cause you know, you don't want to mess with someone's mind by showing them part of a human body. No. Yeah. I, I loved when we watched a lot of plastic surgery shows cause I'm sick. <laughs> Um, yeah, and then the ads would be for things like plastic surgery and life insurance. And... So we would, we yeah, we would watch these, and uh, they would blur out people's nipples mm-hmm. while they're giving them a boob job, which, if you've seen, is not... It's brutal. Yeah, it's not coming close to sexy anything. <laughs> so why are they blurring out a nipple? Yeah. I've always wondered that. And are there people out there that are disappointed that they've blurred out the nipple for the wrong reasons? <laughs> right. And then, like, then I can't use this. In, they blurred out the nipple. <laughs> in the remaining couple of minutes before it went back to ads again, there was a, a scene where um, uh, a guy gets shot, and then another guy looks at the corpse and goes, "You shot him." So, You've got a firm grasp on the obvious, sir. Yeah, it was good stuff. Uh, wow. Yeah, so I managed to catch a few minutes of that movie. No title? I think it's called Rites of Spring. Okay. Hmm. But uh, I didn't hear any Stravinsky on the soundtrack. Oh. <laughs> so you would, would you recommend it on your 12 minutes of watching? <laughs> Well, yeah, so seven minutes of ads about plastic sur- surgery and life insurance and, and six minutes of film. Uh, I would not. Maybe the other hour and a half of it was great. So I think we should, should unfairly judge it. movies based on just <laughs> six random minutes. Yeah. Uh, but that was the closest I got to watching a bit of a horror movie apart from what, what I saw of Near Dark. I saw the most racist movie I've ever seen 
or at least in recent memory. Was it Hitler joins the KKK? <laughs> no, <laughs> that's a classic. <laughs> he does like a ad for him or something. It was. Did they it, find the sequel to Birth of a Nation? Well, <laughs> uh, kind of. It's it's called Old San Francisco. It's this film from 1927. Well, and uh, I've been watching anything that's got like footage of old San Francisco in it. Um, for a project but uh this has got Dolores Costello in it who was in Magnificent Ambersons and okay. uh uh she's this granddaughter of this uh this ranch of this one of the really old like Latino families who you know had the territory given to them mm-hmm. uh uh Warner Oland before he was Charlie Chan playing oh. a fiendish half-breed he can pass as white and he's he's ripping off the local chinese population ah um yeah he's, he's called chris buckwell the character hmm. uh you got joseph swickard as don vasquez who, and he's like the image of dracula from the novel he's got like white hair and moustache and stuff. Oh. He, he looks really distinguished fella uh, sojin kamiyama who is who's this really interesting looking guy who he's been in a whole bunch of movies and um, uh, he was in The Thief of Baghdad and The Bat, the original The Bat. And he was a model for uh, William Mortensen. Um, and other Asian characters are played by such well-known Asians as Angelo Rosito. Oh, yeah. You know him, right? So he, he's in tons of movies. He was he was like in Mad Max Thunderdome. And, right. Um, yeah, you, you, you've definitely seen him. Uh, yeah, he's playing Chang Lao, um, and then Anna Mae Wong is in it for a bit, playing a character known only as Flower of the Orient. Oh, okay. <laughs> Burlesque dancer. Yeah, and, and this movie, like, it literally blames the earthquake on the sins of the heathens. <laughs> uh, yeah. Which is, like, what, 98% of San Francisco's population? Yeah, so, yeah, so, so like, uh, one island, like... Uh, he, he like uh, gets the he causes Don Vasquez to have a heart attack and die and then he takes the you know he's, he's in the process of ripping off his taking away his ranch and uh, and then the the granddaughter just prays to God and and boom there's the earthquake oh wow and all the right people get killed <clears throat> wow <laughs> just uh, like a real earthquake yeah uh, so uh, I can I can give you a couple of the quotes Let's the, hear them. The intertitles. Ooh. All right, brace yourselves. In the awful light of an outraged, wrathful Christian god, the heathen soul of the Mongols stood revealed. Wow. <laughs> in a flash, that hideous Buckwell revealed himself, and in his soul, he knew that I knew he is a Mongolian. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. He's a secret Mongolian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he's like... Deeply closeted. Right, he's, he's in cahoots with the, the white businessmen, ah. uh, who are a pretty evil lot as well. I <laughs> um, uh, saw a pretty good western called Rocky Mountain with uh, Errol Flynn on it. Um, You've been on a terror with these Errol Flynn movies. Yeah, it was his birthday last... Yeah, Monday, the same as Emily's. Um, yeah, it was wow, pretty good one. There are a lot of birthdays crowded around. Yeah, it's Bruce Campbell's today. Wow. Happy birthday, Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell and Lindsay Wagner. 
Thank you, Bionic Woman. Yay. And thank you, Ash, for all you've done for us. <laughs> Seriously, um, Bruce Campbell is awesome. Yeah, it's a good movie. It's like uh, there's this band of um, uh, Confederate soldiers sneak into California to try and raise, raise up a rebellion. And uh, they get stuck on this hill and they're, they're just surrounded by all different sorts of people who, who are after them. And pretty desperate situation. It's, yeah, it's a good movie. Uh, I saw an excellent uh, Shaw Brothers movie called Killer Clans. Clams? From outer space? Clams? <laughs> Killer clams. Killer clams. Killer clams from outer space. Was this a Corman production? <laughs> clams. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's got a really good cast. Was that got, a uh, Corman production? <laughs> no. Uh, Loli, uh, Kufang. Chunghua. Um really household nice, names. Really nice looking uh, production. Yeah, Loli he he was like a, uh he was in um Five Fingers of Death, which was like the first martial arts movie to make it big over here. Yeah. Uh excellent actor. Um yeah, and it's really nice looking uh, the production design's really nice. Nice. So yeah, I enjoyed that one. Anyway, that was it. Uh, went to the library, started its used book sale today, so I picked up a bunch of movies and film books and things. Um, <clears throat> That's amongst, awesome. Yeah, amongst which was a book about uh, uh, war movies. And like, um, I don't know about you, but when you when you're checking out books about films, and they're not necessarily the best films you can think of, but there's certain films that you you look up, mm-hmm. and if the book ignores it or dismisses it mm-hmm. or puts it down in some way you know it's not going to be a good book yeah it's like horror movie books texas chainsaw like um this is this is following from uh chas balloon who said uh, if a horror movie book you know dealing with anything post you know early 70s onwards mm-hmm. uh and they they don't do a good job of talking about Texas Chainsaw, then you just don't need to buy that book. Yeah, I'd say that's pretty that's true. Point. Yeah, so you can you can apply that to most I genres. Mean, the only exception I think would be uh, a book about all horror movies, but Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like we won't use that. We won't reference it. Mm-hmm. We'll try to use these films. Yes. Yeah, and something else. <laughs> So, what did you see, Richard? I saw The Martian finally. Oh yeah, that's excellent. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. I I was thinking, well, if they could make one about Sandra Bullock floating in space, like in her spacesuit, for I like that one too. Ninety minutes. <laughs> there's no problem with Matt Damon on a planet by himself with like his geodomes and everything, communicating with people on Earth. I thought, you know, it's it's going to be good. And it was. I enjoyed it. Was it a straight-up remake of Robinson Crusoe on Mars? No, pretty, disappointingly. Pretty, pretty <laughs> close now. Because I might check it out <clears throat> if it was. <laughs> no, no, it is really worth checking out. I'll I think you'll out. enjoy it. Yeah, it is yeah. really good. It, there, are, there are some tense moments. There are some creative... I hate tension in movies. Do you? <laughs> I don't believe that. One bit. Well, what, what you need from those like fairly realistic movies about nasa and so on you've just got to have a scene where a bunch of guys in short sleeve shirts throw paper up in the air oh yeah and, and then i'm happy yeah 
Yep, somebody's got to storm out of a room and then someone else has to come up with this last second idea. <laughs> what if we dot, dot, dot? Yeah, yeah. There's always that. But decades of research go out the window and they, they just grab the, the <laughs> yeah. condiments off the table and go, now what, do we, if, what if we rig this up with glue yeah. and some sticky tape? Say this bottle of ketchup is a rocket. <laughs> Not for any other reason than I think it would look cool. Um, also saw a movie called Spy which also had Melissa McCarthy in it. Yeah. She's in everything, so there's a good chance that if you name a movie made in the last 10 years, she'll just be in it. Okay. It was pretty fun. It was, it was funny. Uh, it, it was just on. Uh, it was starting, and I was getting ready to do some printing that I didn't have to pay close attention to. So I was able to um, watch a movie while printing some things, and I was getting paid to watch a movie the way I saw it. And uh, that was really it for the last week, other than After Dark. I'm sorry, Near Dark. <laughs> Near Dark 30. <laughs> um, I will uh, take a quick second, though, to um, thank one of our listeners, uh, who I actually know who this is. Um, uh, Your Gre family doesn't count. She's not my family. <laughs> uh, Green Irene left us a great five-star review on uh, on iTunes reviews. So... We've, Very nice. Yeah, we've got a bunch of uh, five-star reviews. And uh, she said, and I'll read this if, if you want me to read this. Go ahead. Irene said, I don't have many friends that enjoy horror movies as much as I do. I don't have any friends that enjoy horror plus quirky classic foreign slash indie films as much as I do. If I did, our conversations would sound a lot like this podcast. Keep it up. Yeah, that's why we do it. Yeah. Because we don't know anyone who this is, is into this stuff. Like we yeah. This is our outlet. <laughs> So that was from Green Irene, which is uh, somebody who I actually did meet at a convention. Um, thank you. Right here in Denver. So thank you, Irene. And uh, there's some other podcasters, of course, who uh, who have uh, given shout outs to their, their positive reviewers. And uh, I think that's a nice thing to do, to just say thank you for what you do. Um, not enough people get around to doing it. I don't do it as often as I should for as many podcasts as I listen to. Yeah, everyone's doing one since we started it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we sure didn't jump on a bandwagon at all. No. Yeah, we got it rolling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're, we're like... Trendsetters. Yeah, nine years in, podcasts happening. Everything runs smoothly. Yeah. <laughs> so, who wants to start the discussion on Near Dark? Well, 1987. I suggested it. Yeah, um, kick it off. Come on, then. I was... No pressure. I never heard of this film, as I said it earlier, uh, which is kind of surprising. Steven mentioned it. Um, uh, my boss at the bookshop I work at lent it to me. He was surprised I hadn't seen it either. Um, it was terrible. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just pure shit. Uh no, it was excellent. I can't believe I haven't seen this movie. I was worried because people kept saying, oh, wait till the bar scene. And I mm. had visions of, and not that I didn't like it, but uh, Dusk Till Dawn uh -huh. kind of thing. Someone locks the door. Now yeah. Now you can't leave. You know, and I thought, um, well, I didn't really think anything about it because I didn't know of this film. Had I known Lance Hendrickson was in it, oh, yeah. <laughs> I would have watched it ages ago. I did, I, never heard of it. It's, he's it's great. kind of wild. 
Did you notice the casting on mm-hmm. this thing? How similar it was to a very previous movie? <laughs> yes. And had I not listened to a commentary, I could have guessed maybe Catherine Bigelow really was James Cameron or <laughs> vice versa. <laughs> One of the two doesn't exist. Yeah, Jane Cameron. Jane Cameron. Um, so you so you watched this thing uh, for the first time, having there was no mistake. You had not seen it at all. Not seen it. Not heard about it. Nothing. Had, you, had you seen John Carpenter's Vampires? Yes. I had this one and that one mashed up together in my head somehow. I could see that, but didn't like you it. said it. You didn't like it, and that's because John Carpenter's Vampires wasn't very good. Mm. So that tainted the waters for this one, which I am pretty convinced I had not really seen start to finish, and I thought it was awesome. Good. <laughs> so thank you for listening, everybody. It <laughs> <laughs> this always happens. So is it? Is it uh, does it remind you of New Mexico? The... Yes, very much. Uh, those scenes were like right in my hometown. Mm. It was filmed in Arizona, but mm-hmm. I imagine pretty close to the same air. You know, yeah. The geography was the same. Same geography yeah. and everything. Do you do you buy the premise of a bunch of vampires choosing to tool around in like the sunbaked desert? Was that I a didn't problem even for think you, of or that? Or... <laughs> does seem like a terrible it, idea. But they seem it? to be surprised by the sun coming up. Quite a bit, don't they, they do seem surprised by the sun. Um, oh, nowadays they'd have an app. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. You think they'd all wear watches mm. and just know. Yeah, like even a Casio watch or someone would have or an maybe alarm when clock. The, you know, I've been out for quite a while. The sun's probably going to come up soon. Mm-hmm. There's only so many people you can kill. Actually, I didn't even think about that. That's oh, okay. funny. Um, no, I, I could buy a hmm. group of vampires run by lance hendrickson the actual lance hendrickson um he's an interesting dude isn't he i i want yeah i want to know what he's really like oh i met him have yeah. you met him yeah he, um, he was in denver for something he came into a shop i was working at oh neat how odd that must have been it's like how i know you wait no i know you from movies holy shit uh he, he has a really interesting history I don't know if either of you have really kind of gotten into reading about him. or I don't know anything about Mr. Well, um, he, Hendrickson. I think he left home at like 12 or 13 years old. And um, he did go out and join. I think he was in the Merchant Marines before he joined the Navy. Yes. Okay. I know his dad was a Merchant Marine. He was illiterate till he was 30. Really? Yeah. And he started learning to, um, he started learning to read so he could audition, so he could read scripts. And he... And he got to the point where he could read pretty well from having read a lot of scripts and started doing movies like, you know, fairly, fairly far on in life, considering a lot of people try to start in their teens or 20s. And uh, he, I can just imagine he that starting to read probably like me reading Spanish. <laughs> that, and that tough kind of way about him, that kind of scary, dangerous vibe is real. <laughs> so That's what I wonder. I think he would punch somebody in the nose. Because, yeah, just I cause. either this guy's really like this or he's the complete opposite. And he's probably a really nice guy and all, but um, I think he enjoys getting into his parts that he plays. And part of what he did during the filming of Near Dark 
was he was it he and Paxson were driving around in character? <laughs> really? <laughs> they were driving around in costume, in character, just playing the persona and just like that really kind of dour, kind of grim way about him. He got pulled over for speeding and actually kind of frightened the cop with his demeanor and the cop stepped back away from the car with his hand on his holster <laughs> ready Man. ready for what this guy might do because he was looking like a criminal mm. so there's some yeah. interesting stories you know even during the filming of this which came after alien so you you know you have the ready-made cast thank you james cameron right uh was she married to james cameron at the time they were not married yet no okay. but they were Gonna, okay. They were they were dating. Yeah, I didn't know what what that timeline looked like. Yeah, she's she's uh, one of the best action directors around. Oh, she's great. Yeah. Yeah. So that was uh, that was that was good that she had the influence and connections from uh, from James, but uh, she definitely did her own great thing with this movie. She wanted to. She wrote it as a western. Yeah, yeah. make the uh, couldn't. I forget who the, the guy she wrote it with. Eric Red. Red, yeah. Yeah, uh, she wrote it as Western and they couldn't get it financed and no one wanted it. So yeah, because Westerns weren't, movie. weren't big, but horror movies were. Mm. Uh, I think they were pretty scary vampires, though I wondered why they didn't have Fangs. hoods and uh, <laughs> gloves and long jackets, but I guess they burn up anyway yeah. quickly. Um, any favorite scenes as you're watching this thing unfold? Yeah, probably when the little girl went and, but no, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm just going to say when she goes and tells her dad, there's Caleb coming. No, I'll pick another boring scene. Um, I love, I love when Caleb buys a, a candy bar out of a vending machine. It's a Zagnut. Yes. And it makes him sick. <laughs> yeah. Just like the chips with Nick. Yes. In, uh. Uh, what was that called? What uh, we do in the shadows. Yes, thank you. Yes, I kept thinking of this movie. <laughs> uh, why isn't Bill Paxton in more movies? Mm -hmm. I was saying uh, on the drive over here. Um, I, I think I was saying this to Jolien earlier that the way to make Bill Paxton seem like crazier and more of an asshole is to have him smiling and chewing gum while he talks. Yeah, and his hair slicked back. Yep. Yep. It's Man. crazy. He was in Terminator, by the way. Yes. He was the, the, the movie punk. That, right. That, that says, fuck you, asshole, or night snipe for a walk. Or both of those lines maybe were from him. <laughs> so there's that. So there's, nice, uh, there's a nice through line on all these movies. Yeah. It's kind of cool. So, yeah, favorite scenes. Um, oh, real quick. Did you recognize... Um, the the pretty blonde girl that they introduced at the beginning who's eating the ice cream cone and all the hicks are trying to hit on her mag may i think her name may was. yeah um i don't remember the actress's name but she's the girl in pink floyd the wall yes that uh gets the backstage passes via certain favors to the security guard oh okay yeah that's her and then she delivers the line are all these your guitars this place is bigger than our whole apartment <laughs> or something like that. And then that's when uh, pink freaks out and trashes the place. Yeah. She's the one running, screaming she, from him. Oh no. Yeah. What is her name? She's not Jeanette Goldstein. She's the other one. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. The American bird. Anyway, <laughs> gotta get, gotta get back into saying that Julian. Jenny Wright. Yeah. That sounds right. 
Yeah. Any other um, uh, jargon, nomenclature, certain things that you need to get back into saying before you? Anything you got to brush up on while you're on the plane ride? <laughs> Jolien's going back to England for a visit. Yes. See if I see if England still exists. They might be uh, divorcing themselves from Europe by the time you hear this. Well, I know somebody who would build a wall around that, and just fix it right up. You know, uh, he's, he that that orange fella. He's got a, a golf course up in Scotland, and like the <laughs> local Scots have put up Mexican flags around the course. Oh, nice! Very nice. Yeah, they're not happy about the the uh, shystery deal that he did. No, uh, they don't want him in the country. Yeah, if you want to hear, <laughs> if you want to hear more about what happened in Scotland with that whole deal. There's a guy who has a podcast talking about Trump called Trumpcast, and it's not pro-Trump. So if you want to hear what happened in that whole deal, there was a recent episode where he talked about it. And the episodes are short. They're like 15, 20 minutes. Um, real quick, a question about England. What the fuck is clotted cream? Oh, if you go to... Julian just started salivating. The, yeah, definitely. It's one of the greatest things because it. it can't be exported. Like you go, you go down to uh, Devon, get Devon mm-hmm. clotted cream. It's, it's so thick, and uh, you ha- you have your freshly made scones and your your real raspberry jam. Mm. Oh, you just you just pig on that. It's just so the best what, tasting thing on earth. What is it though? <laughs> I know it's like super thick cream. Um, uh, it's like I don't what know how they make it. It's, it's, there's some something about the way they make it and the temperatures they use. Mm. Uh, they're not allowed to export it to, yeah. to countries where you you don't want anything non-processed. Yeah, <laughs> like the U.S. Yeah, I mean in this country, well, they, they say that the, the, the general uh, attitude is uh, food is made for shelves, not for stomachs. Hmm. hmm. I could but, agree with that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you ever notice how little actual food? In the grocery store there is you know if you just like think of things that okay these are ingredients for a meal not some mm-hmm. over sugared over salted thing that comes out practically prepared it is bizarre yeah but definitely checking out if you go down to devon and you want to spend your time out on the moors then uh, fortify yourself with some devon. Oh. I want Give some. Them cream and scones. So what's it taste like? Is it sweet or is it just its own natural? It uh, is sweet. It's not incredibly sweet. It's because uh, you, you need the jam with it. Mm. Yeah. But it's so rich and um, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. This is good. This is really it's, good to know that it's, it's so nice. Yeah. So, so get to England, you losers. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's why certain foods I'm kind of glad that they don't travel so that you have to go to certain places to have them because it keeps that place special you know because so much of culture now is flattening out internationally oh yeah so you know wherever you go it's a strip mall yeah selling the same thing and um, yeah so it's nice to have special things well my friend Brian is going to be visiting uh, sometime in the next week or two and uh he said, oh, we should go to this one restaurant, and it has since closed. And I said, well, that one closed, but a new one that you'll really like has opened up. And that's something that, you know, I'm reminded of things like um, like uh, sweet action ice cream. Mm. You know, you can't get that anywhere but Denver. 
that is yeah. a little gem that belongs here, and you have to be here to enjoy it. And the guy uh, who owns that lives across the street from us. Yeah, that's right. You've mentioned that. Yeah, yeah. And they have just like this great product and flavors that no one else has, mm-hmm. and it's really cool. And they didn't pay us to <laughs> say any of this. Oh damn it! You but know, I we, should have not, in not ice cream. Said do give us some free stuff and we'll say it's good. <laughs> right. <laughs> we'll talk so, you up to the three people that listen to this podcast. Hey, man, we got like three people in Brazil alone. <laughs> They're probably not going to show up at Sweet Action. And there's that certain <laughs> slasher movie-based video game that's coming out, and uh, we will review the hell out of it if you send us a copy yeah. that we can all play. And... Go ahead and say it. Friday the 13th. <laughs> Don't be shy. Oh, if anyone had, listening to this wants to sue us, hey, I'll see you in court. Had, had anybody played the Nintendo Friday the 13th? The no, original? Yeah. No. I think I had a friend who had it and said, no, it's not that good. We never it played it. It was terrible. Yeah. It, it, what I was... don't remember what it really did. It didn't do a lot, but... There were some major flaws with it, weren't yeah, there? Yeah, and what it did, it didn't do well. Ah, <laughs> oh, so sad. Uh, there, I think there was a... F- there may have been a nightmare on Elm Street one too. I think there was. And you know, there are people now who there's there's this great thing about 8-bit games is that it's enjoying this revival. It's like this bizarro novelty and uh people are coding new games all the time now that are 8-bit yeah. games. There's yeah, quite a few musicians who just use 8-bit technology to make music. Yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> what were we talking about? I don't know, what some was... movie after dark. Yeah, well, they were eating clotted cream, and it didn't... Actually, I bl- I've had something called clotted cream here. Yeah, but it won't be the same. But I don't yeah. believe it's, like, it's, it's the like same. It's like Guinness. You can't get real Guinness outside mm-hmm. of Ireland. Damn yeah, it. or New York bagels anywhere else, because the water's different. Mm. <laughs> it really is. Is that what it is? Yes. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, they've had a lot of people spend a lot of money on trying to get... New York tasting water in LA or <laughs> elsewhere. Um, so yeah, I imagine it was kind of like a really, really well. It wasn't sweet, but the most amazing sort of creamy butter you'd ever had. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's the so, halfway point between heavy cream and butter. Maybe somebody needs to get the recipe. We're making this stuff. <laughs> Wow, we're not sidetracking at all. <laughs> so with this movie... Um, I really liked the scene when they did make the clotted cream. <laughs> I thought it was touching. I thought it really... It foreshadowed the shootout at the creamery. That's at right. the end. <sighs> we yeah. watched a movie this week. Yeah, it was good. It That's was called it... Near Dark. <laughs> It was good, and that's why we're having trouble um, getting back on track. It's just like, yeah, it's good. Go watch it. Um, so Bill Paxton, um, not Bill Pullman, by the way. Bill Paxton. Paxton. Yes. Ton of Pax. P-A-X-T-O-N. And it's Lance Henriksen. There's no D. Yeah, Henriksen. Son of Henrik. Um, yeah, these guys do such a great job being kind of crazy. That whole gang is good. Yeah, yeah. There's not a... There's Even the little kid. That, that's one of the flaws in the film they're so interesting you wanted to see them and like the people who are ostensibly the heroes like the couple yeah uh you know i'm not really that interested yeah they're not that colorful or or dynamic at all so well i think you'd have to have it that way though 
Yeah, with, right, I've seen those actors in other films, and they're more interesting. But well, no, I just mean I just think you would the, need kind of the contrast right, between right. the sort of outrageousness mm. of the family, uh, you know, with the soft-spoken Western kid and mm-hmm. who's looking for a normal yeah. girlfriend or whatever right. in a small town and not looking for vampires, <laughs> which is a mistake. So, so what, what do you think the ending does? Um, I don't know. I don't know with the blood transfusion. Where did they come up with that? He was in the truck and he saw those bottles and he just came up with that? Or did I miss something earlier? No, I was wondering, did they edit something out where the dad was a vet, perhaps? Yes, the dad was a vet. Mm-hmm. They passed a, uh, his truck when they introduced him. Oh. And he was giving a cow a shot. Okay, I missed that somehow. Um, I was probably writing down some notes about something else that happened seconds earlier. Yeah, but they never... I don't remember them ever specifically mentioning a transfusion, so I don't know how they mm. really came up with that. But whatever. I found that this movie kind of followed the vampire lore, but also did a nice job of m- making some of their own little decisions... Yeah, yeah, they, they, they took just the right amount of freedom with it. Um, did you notice when they switched vehicles um, just before Caleb took off and bought a Zagnut bar at the bus station? Did you notice that they, um, when they burned the old vehicle, that one of them mentioned something about uh, kind of like that fire in Chicago? Yes, I was mm. going to say, <laughs> one of those the... is Mrs. Leary's cow. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, and they refer to the Civil War as well, didn't they? Uh, yeah, so they've been around for a while. And yeah. the little boy is pissed off that he's a little boy and he's, right, like, right. he's really old. It was a little disturbing to see him smoking cigarettes and playing cards. I can't get enough of watching kids smoke cigarettes. Yes. Well, you used it's, one for your profile picture. It's the most adorable thing ever. So do, you, do you think he, he, like, uh, he was an inspiration for uh, Let the Right One In? I wondered that too, because when, when he goes to... Um, when he goes up to the soda machine and it turns out that it's Caleb's sister who's buying, did you notice it was a Coke classic? Jolene, do you know about the whole thing that happened with Coca-Cola in the U.S.? They decided to switch flavors and then it didn't work. And they so they yeah. came out with a classic to say they're going back. Yeah. Is that it? And then new Coke, finally, it's like, okay, let's cut our losses. They got rid of it. Do mm. you want to hear the conspiracy theory behind that? Yes. <laughs> you know I do. Uh... I've heard claim, and I don't buy into any of these. Uh, but I've heard claim that they wanted to make the switch from sugar to corn syrup. Oh. So they switched up the formula basically to drum up uh, future sales for Coke Classic, which they would come out with. And the, the uh, corn syrup makes it taste just a little bit different. If they had just switched it over, people wouldn't have liked it. It would have been oh. too abrupt. But so the Coke Classic that they brought back is not actually Coke Classic. <sighs> and plus, it had cocaine in it until 1919. <laughs> the good old days. <laughs> I wish you could get, you know, laudanum for your child. And mm-hmm. yeah. Because he's going to have that hacking cough from all the smoking yeah. I'm making him do. <laughs> right. It really solved way more problems than it caused. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, speaking of the um, the the vending machines and whatnot, when uh, Caleb is in that uh, in that bus station, and he gets approached by that detective, that plainclothes cop, did you think that either they edited out or they were alluding to like maybe there was going to be some creeper thing happen with that guy, like he was going to no try and take advantage of him? No, he totally read as a cop, just a Texas cop. This is going to be trouble. Uh, he's gonna run him downtown right um i can't remember that actor's name he's been in a lot of things though yeah he's like fake ned Beatty. (laughs) fake ned Beatty. (laughs) still pissed off about deliverance (laughs) maybe that's why i was thinking he was in the uh terrible Italian ripoff of Deliverance. <laughs> so uh, there's also the famous bar scene. Yes, the yes. bar scene. That everyone mentions. Yes. Uh, we. This is where we get to see um, Severin is uh, Bill Paxton's name. And uh, he's severing people with his uh, sharp spurs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the name is kind of fitting. He is a... Uh... Yeah, he's something else. He really is. Smiling and chewing gum. Chewing gum. Her greasy hair flapping you know, around. <laughs> if you're going to be evil, have fun with it. I guess so. I can't stand a broody vampire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you, if you I like that... that this movie had a, a very obvious, very you know real consequence to being a vampire. That yeah. You can't be out in the daylight at all. Whereas too many movies now... They they want to get rid of the. Well, in the uh, Dracula novel, he's out in the day. He's just uh, he just doesn't do as. It, it it doesn't say so, but it kind of implies that he can't do as much. He can't like yeah. do his transformations or whatever. But he's he's walking around London Zoo by day and things like that. That's true. So it, that's you know that not being able to stand the sun at all is is something that's come in more recently even if it even though it if it wasn't in any lore and they just did it in this film i think it, it would have worked yeah. well um, um maybe because like the, the hammer dracula you've got that really spectacular scene where uh peter Cush, like van helsing's like grabbing the curtain zapping him with sunlight and well nosferatu right 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 gets killed by the sun at yeah the end. so so i wonder you've got these classic vampire movies where which so powerfully do that idea that people have adopted it. Yeah. Um, I wonder who did that first. I wonder where that came from. Probably Nosferatu. Maybe. Yeah. We'll have to look into that. (laughs) Some research to do. So the barroom scene, you were going to say. Yeah, that one, it really works well on different levels. It, It really convinces it's a real feeling you know if you've been in like situations of violence or being trapped with violent people right and i think we all went to school (laughs) (laughs) no they're they're really enjoying it and you know being extreme bullies and there's also the uh it also it plays into your fantasy of being the most powerful person in the in the bar yeah uh so you you kind of enjoying it as well. He's just like kicking around these people, doing what what he likes, you know. And, and you know, I I think that looking at that situation, if they weren't there being 
more dangerous and more powerful, any one of the hicks in that bar could be the bully. Mm-hmm. You know, it probably frequently is. Yeah. So it was kind of funny to watch them come in and just start trouble mm-hmm. and, uh, and take it to the extremes they do. Yeah. Did you recognize James LaGrosse? The, the one that bails out through the window. Oh, okay. And goes running away and gets the police who then descend yeah. on the bungalow. Yeah, that's James LaGrosse, who we talked about in the Phantasm 2 episode. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, so uh, somewhere in my notes I, I wrote something about uh, he uh, he escapes only to reappear in <laughs> Phantasm 2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what I wrote. <laughs> Yeah, because that yeah the next thing that happens is Jesse rents a bungalow and that's where they hide out. But yeah, the barroom scene um, that was that was kind of the the fun high point of of that part of the movie. Yeah, and you don't think it could possibly get any crazier, and then they do a couple crazier things. How much improv improv do you think Bill Paxton did on that? Apparently, quite a lot. Of yeah. his, it seems like it. Were, and it seemed know, like he, he, you know. He was doing all that, going a little bit off. Totally the page. in character, not yeah. You, you can see, you can find the script, um, and uh, you know there's, there's a, a few lines for him, but most of that stuff in the bar room. That's him. I don't know if they scripted that bit where he he uh, he sticks the beer beard. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was funny. <laughs> well, like look like Wild Bill or yeah, something like yeah. that. He said, yeah. Beer beard, <laughs> beer beard. Yeah, that's a, that's a good bit where he's taunting that guy. Yeah, and he's like, he's he's kind of pushing him, but then he like does something funny, mm-hmm. so the guy's like doesn't know what to do. Like and he goes, "I'll okay, buy you a drink." Yeah, yeah and he gets to the best shot, and then he he tells the bartender, "Make that guy pay, you know, make him pay for it." So right, yeah, yeah. If if you've ever been like out at night and there's there's some complete nutcase and you're not sure if they're going to pull something or if they're just messing around yeah and, uh, yeah so you're, you're kind of like on edge you know, which way do i go with this do i just like laugh along with them and hope they go away or uh, or what you know it's it's a hairy situation i've been pretty lucky with that considering some of the crazy people i know <laughs> and you know i i do have that one friend and i think everybody has that one friend who's who's so it's not the same friend. I have. Well, well uh, knowing my friend Dean, it could be. He's got a lot of friends. Um, my friend Dean is one of the most disarming individuals you'll ever meet. Meaning like, he'll rip your limbs yeah, right off, he'll right out of the socket disarm like Chewbacca. <laughs> Let the Wookiee win. But I do have that friend who who really could get you out of any situation. You know, stop you from getting arrested, stop you from getting beat up and killed, just because of how nice and charming and and disarming he is but you know this is the situation where no this guy's going to escalate it oh and back it down escalate it back it down and then finally start killing people Mm. holy crap the spurs well he escalates it and then he gets the guy to beat up caleb that's right he's like i want to teach the boy a lesson he just pulls in front of him he's like go ahead and he punches him a couple times and then he lets caleb knock him across the room there was an earlier scene where some jerks try to carjack La- uh, Lance's character. Um, what's his name? Jesse. Jesse. They try to car- carjack Jesse and, and the woman. Diamondback or Diamondback, something. that's right. That's her name. And I couldn't think of a worse 
nest to step in <laughs> than those two. Yeah. That was pretty cool. And he was so calm during the whole thing. <laughs> uh, I wish we could have seen their demise. Yeah, they they, they were kind of... Uh, it was interesting, the choice to not show any of it. Because mm-hmm. you know what's going to happen. Yeah. You don't need to see it. Mm-hmm. I think you only see the kid, Homer, bite that guy who goes to... Because he's laying on this road with his mangled bicycle. Oh, that's right. <laughs> to get a driver to stop. I liked they cut to the oil rig, that oil rig imagery that the, that mm. was kind of intercut at, yeah. this, at this point. So earlier in the movie, there was the mosquito and then there's the oil rig. You get all this kind of fluid pumping stuff going on. Yeah, they talked about how they had to grow that mosquito <laughs> really? in order to use it on the commentary. <laughs> I didn't listen to all the commentary, but uh, yeah. In order to to get that, I don't know, animal cruelty and disease. No kidding. I think uh, the script begins with a long description of a mosquito feeding off an arm and and then blowing up. Oh, okay. Just gorges itself until it explodes. I guess they couldn't get it to do that on cue. (laughs) They're notoriously hard to work with. So, so Homer befriending Sarah did remind you both of... Uh... I felt dumb because I didn't recognize that as Sarah for well, the longest time. It took me a couple of moments. After she turned around, I kind of got that it was her. But then when they got back to the room and obviously she recognized her own brother. Well, before a little bit before that, yeah, they were like, oh, but that, Sarah. I was like, oh. That was the right age. That was the right kind of vibe for Let the Right One In, though. I mean, I, I, I was thinking about that movie when I saw that scene. Yeah. So I think you you may well, be right about that. Interview with a Vampire had a child vampire. Mm, that's right. Yeah, and Kristen Dunst. Dunst. Yeah, and that came out, in the, the book came out in the 70s, so. Yeah. Yeah, so which came first? The egg. Yeah, I agree. It has to be the egg. It has to be. Eggs are older uh, than chickens. A a lot of people at this time would remember the Salem's Lot TV movie. Oh, true. You had the the little kid at the window. Yeah. Damn it. Okay. That's a movie that needs to come out on, you know, proper edition. Yeah. Yeah, there's a few of them that we still need. Yeah. A lot of of it comes down to ownership and rights to these things and... And sometimes it's a matter of not knowing specifically who has the rights and who needs to get on the payroll for these things. Mm-hmm. So they can get kind of hung up in limbo on this kind of thing. It's a bummer, you know, because there's some stuff. I think like Fright Night 2, the original Fright Night 2, I think there's some troubles with that. And because like if a film company, like a production company goes bust, film studio goes bust, mm. then it's like, okay, now who owns it? Oh, yeah, it's like it's with unclear. the uh, Near Dark didn't do well, and the studio was having trouble at the time. Yeah, it was uh, Dino De Laurentiis's studio, D D G or something. That yeah. may be why I've never heard of it. Well, well yeah, uh, like if you look at, and I wrote this down, the budget was five million. Wow! And it only grossed um, three point three or almost three point four U.S. And that had a lot to do with lack of publicity. Well, also the, the the marketing of it, I, like uh, I tried looking this up in some old Fangorias of the time, and it's just not in there. Yeah, I, I found like this letter page where someone wrote in and said, "You know, why aren't you talking up this this great movie? And how this, great how great Catherine Bigelow is? 
this came out when probably my prime horror movie watching time, mm. uh, and I did not hear about it. Yeah. So the like the reply to to uh, the letter is uh, yes, we liked it too, but the film's pre DEG spokespersons wouldn't let us call the immortal blood drinking nomads vampires because they didn't want this excellent picture called a horror movie. Instead, they can now proudly call Near Dark a box office failure. See Starlog issues 121 and 126 for coverage. Oh, i got to write it, those numbers down. And it down. goes on to say, nice job, dickheads. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what it's saying. We, yeah, we didn't want to call so the vampires words. vampires. Yeah, so that, you know, this is like the horror shaming thing. Like, yeah. yeah. Said, uh, you know. And meanwhile, the other vampire movie of the year is Lost Boys, and that's making a ton of money. Yeah. yeah. And they were straight up calling them vampires. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that came out the year before this. That came out in 86, if I remember right. Really? Lost Boys? Yeah, I think it did. I think it was 86. Um, I don't know. Yeah. So it was within a year of this yeah. one mm-hmm. being released, um, but it did come out before this. Yeah. This is a hell of a lot better than Lost Boys. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> Have I'm I sorry, told you Sammy. how I feel about Lost Boys? Sammy from Howl Horror Program. I'm sorry that was that was another jab. Sexy grandpa. <laughs> Foxy grandpa, I'm sorry. Of course, um, I do have to say, though, that Sammy was a little miffed that, that there was some Lost Boys hate on our show. Yeah. Which was all Will, by the way. Um but, all then, right. but then Sammy was kind of uh kind of hating on uh, Curse of the Van or Curse of the Werewolf. Oh. Yeah, well. so so Jolie and I think we're going to need to have like a tag team. Rest. Hold me back, hold me back. Yeah. So no, that's all right. At some point, hopefully, either he's here or one of us or more of us are in Portland and we'll, we'll do a crossover show and hash this out once and for all. Okay. It's going to be an episode, Curse of the Werewolf versus the Lost Boys. All right, we'll, we'll bring, bring Stephen back. Not if I have to watch Lost Boys again. <laughs> Now I'm just going to make fun of it. <laughs> so next week... Truly, we'll talking... I, I don't really hate most movies, but... Well, this same Fango... They must have been out pretty close together because this same Fango letters page has a letter about Lost Boys. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, not that I'm bad rapping the Lost Boys. No. Okay. <laughs> um, Would be hard to rap. Not that I'm any expert on vampires... But it seems to me the vampires have their fangs on the wrong teeth. Fangs are canines and therefore are third from the front, not second. You know, that bothered me too. Did Greg Canham deliberately switch him so as to boast a refreshing visual style or did he just flub it? Hmm. Little of column A, little of column B. What was that writer's name? Wally Tomaszewski. Well, Wally, you're going to be hearing from High <laughs> Horror Program. <laughs> he was found drained of all his blood. Exsanguinated, I believe, is the term. It is. <laughs> Just a dried-out husk. Well, well again, uh, watch Salem's Lot. He has his, he has mm-hmm. those long teeth right, right in front, front and center. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. Nosferatu just has the two mm-hmm. front teeth, like some sort of rat. hideous rat. <laughs> so the closest they came to calling these guys vampires was when Caleb's dad said, "Those people back there." They weren't normal, I think is how he said it. And then he said, he goes on to say, and I wrote this one down, normal people don't spit out bullets when you shoot them. Yeah. yeah. That was the coolest. When he when he gave his son the transfer. Uh, transfusion. Transfusion, yeah. And he, he hugs him and he's cleaning his face up, I had to say. 
I love my dead vampire son. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. I get your Heather's reference. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's fun. <laughs> Wasn't that the same dad, though? Was it the same actor? I, I want to say it may have been. I could look that up. I have IMDb right here on my phone. I can't remember where the dad was from. It was driving me crazy. Usually I'm much better at that. But... Well, a good character actor should drive you crazy with you not remembering where the hell you saw them. Right. Oh, yeah. Another thing I tried looking up was uh, how many vampire westerns had there ever been? Uh, Dracula versus Billy the Kid. Yeah, this is. Oh, yeah. I can think of two Curse of the Undead. Okay. 59. And uh, Billy the Kid versus Dracula in 66. Yeah. They're the only two I can think of prior to this one. Hmm. Trying to find the dad. Uh, Edward wanted to do one with Bela Lugosi called The Ghoul Goes West. Oh, um, yes. But it never got made. And there is, of course, a Moonrays album called The Ghouls Go West. Okay. Very which nice. Is, I'm sure based on that, too. Um, I'm going to be in Chicago in September. Hopefully I can go see The Moonrays and be like, hey, have you guys heard of our show? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Our lawyer told us about that. Somebody who claims to be with you guys gave us permission, and I've got the emails. Oh, we'd never give permission. All right. I'm trying to find... Okay. Squealing Girl in Parking Lot was played by Christy Mellor. Oh, here we go. Mark Carlton was Kurt's dad? No, we want Caleb's dad. Is that right? Caleb's dad. Okay, he should be one of the first characters here. Hold on. Christian Slater, what the hell am I looking at? I'm looking. I'm looking at the wrong one. Sorry, I'm looking at Heather's. I should be. <laughs> I'm like Christian Slater wasn't in this at all. I don't know why people listen to this show, but it's not for accuracy um, or when, entertainment. When it gets down to accuracy, we accurate the hell out of this thing, but not always. I like to throw out fake facts once in a while. <laughs> be aware. Yes, <laughs> they're the best bits. Yeah. Will's fake fact. Give a wrong time. Stop did you the traffic see people, line. people uh, were seriously confused whether or not gardening was illegal in New Zealand? <laughs> it was on. The, it was like a, a mini thing on the Internet uh, this past week that people were uh, evidently be, somebody started a joke about it and other New Zealanders joined in and. They all agreed that, yep, gardening is completely illegal in New Zealand. <laughs> oh, that's funny. What year did Heather's come out? Mm, 88. That sounds about right. Fact. Uh, Boy. Wow, I don't see where this crosses over, so he just must remind you of the guy. It, yeah. We didn't have to look this up. This is a boring bit. I hope you cut it. <laughs> I, I can, know you will. I can. I can cut this out. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> hey, once in a while I do. Usually not. Uh, All right. So, um, yeah, the spitting out bullet thing, that was, I had not seen that before. That was pretty cool. How about when Diamondback throws that knife and... Oh, catches Jesse in the mouth with it. Yeah. Because, what, Caleb ducked? Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty cool. So, yeah, there were a couple of those things that I had not seen before, and I, I got to hand it to them. You know, whoever's ideas they were, and, well, obviously Catherine Bigelow did a nice job directing. It it all looked and felt really fun and kind of crazy, and yes, very vampire-y. Thank you very much, De Laurentiis dumbasses. 
can't believe they were trying to distance themselves from the idea of horror, the idea of vampires. It's so dumb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not a PR man for horror movies. Well, if you're making something you're ashamed of, don't make it. Make something else. You know, that's... What if the shame is part of the making it? <laughs> that could be. They're working out some kind of weird kinks. Yeah. Um, after the, um, the part where the transfusion happens and Caleb returns to human form and he's out playing in the field with his sister, it kind of seems like, well, that's the end of the movie. And then there's this abduction where they, the vampires come and kind of scoop her up. Yeah. And uh, then it kind of unfolds into this kind of crazy, grim possibilities of, of a last grab. And you, you think these guys all burned up in the bungalow, but they didn't. I like that they took the time to teach Caleb how to properly drive a semi. So later in the movie, we wouldn't just question how this kid could drive a big truck like that. That was Chekhov's semi-truck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually I wrote down a note about that, too. It's like, how nice of that trucker to show him how to shift. So Will's giant ice cube just got away. Oh, well, I don't think I want that anymore. <laughs> well, I did vacuum recently. It's, yet somehow there's still hair on that thing. It made Josh at work. I didn't make him, but I convinced him to eat a sandwich he dropped on the floor. You, gra you grabbed him by the scruff of his neck. Eat it, you little bitch. And he dropped it, and he, he picked it up, and the floor in the basement was filthy. Oh and he was like, oh, I don't know. Oh, there goes my lunch. And I was like, just brush it off and eat it. No one knows. Right. And he did. Andy, who we used to work with, would eat, eat candy that was on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. Called it floor candy. Floor candy. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> not much left of the movie to talk about, but uh, Jesse and the gang showing up and, and Caleb wanting Sarah back. We should have talked about the uh, the amazing shootout at the cabin. Uh, it was like... Uh, well, yeah, the bungalow shootout. Kind okay. of Bonnie well, and Clyde. It was it was kind of definitely Wild West. I mean, if we wanted some stuff that looked and felt like a Western, that, that was yeah. it. All the light coming in through all the bullet holes. Mm. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, she can definitely do a good gunfight. Yeah, there were a few Western tropes they missed, I'm sure, but uh, they, they got enough good ones in there. And, uh, you know, you could you could make this a period piece. You could set this in the Old West with covered wagons instead of blacked-out Econoline vans and RVs and stuff. But, I don't uh, think I would have liked it as much. The, the last thing I wanted to say about this was I really did enjoy the fact that May breaks out of the station wagon to take Sarah with her to escape the rest of the vampires. That yeah. was a pretty cool move on her part. And clearly they implied another transfusion to turn her human again. Why was she able to stay in the sun so long? Um, you mean, she was kind of covered up, but... Yeah, you mean before the transfusion? Yeah. They kind of took a... There was a lot of wiggle room with how much sun could hit them... You know, like they were driving with just a, like a little slit open in the yeah. windshield and that was okay. That's not okay. You will be pulled over. Right. I, I know. My cousin was lazy once and didn't want to scrape the ice off the front windshield. So he scraped a tiny little box to see through. <laughs> and we were driving and within a block or two, a cop sees us, turns around and starts following us. My cousin thinking, 
I put that in quotes. <laughs> we were in high school. Uh, he goes, well, I, I'm going to just drive around till he stops following us. <laughs> like a slow motion, let's lose him. So we drive around. Normal table salt gets rid of cops. <laughs> the cop, the cop is not, uh, not at all, you know, uh, pulling us over yet, but he's still following us. We're doing 30 miles per hour at the most, you know, 25, kind of residential. We get to a big stop sign and my cousin's car dies and he can't get it restarted. And the cop walks up and taps on the window and he's like, you guys need to get out and clear off that windshield. And he let us go, but. <laughs> oh my God. I don't remember how the car started. I think it took us a long time. I had this fantastic um, Chevy Lumina that the, the two things broke on it, the air conditioning and the driver's side electric window. Mm. I got pulled over one time because my tags on my license plate were about to expire or had just expired the day before. And uh, the funny thing about this was that uh, first I had to roll down the back window and shout over my shoulder. Is it okay if I open the door? My driver's side window doesn't work. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> and this cop was basically telling me, well, I pulled you over because your tags just expired and you may know this already. And I said, yeah, I do know this and I'm donating this car tomorrow and getting into a new one. So I won't be renewing him to be quite honest with you. And he didn't give me a ticket. And I think he appreciated my shout out of the back window. <laughs> My lazy friend, uh, rather than replace a headlight in her car, she went and bought it, but she just rode around with it on the floorboard, <laughs> and when cops would pull her over for driving without a headlight, she'd go, oh yeah, it went out today, I, I bought one, I'm going to go replace The one down there with it. that yellow crumpled up receipt. <laughs> oh, cops, they're so naive. <laughs> just sprinkle some table salt on them. Don't be so lazy. The tails fall off. They hop away. Do you mean the frosted window salt? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, near dark. It's about cops. Uh, and the vampires that kill them. Oh, how I wanted this movie to be bad. I know, Will. Near good. <laughs> this was a good one. Near watchable. I could have had a hundred of them. <laughs> so, uh, so, you chose this and uh, tell us... Uh, what do you think? Would you recommend it to another horror fan? Or Definitely. What about somebody who likes movies, but they're ashamed to call them horror? Uh, only if they're ashamed of vampire movies. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah I would recommend this. How about it the little... It had a very definite 80s feel. Oh, the synth music was great. The synth music, yeah. the look, but I loved it. It's all back in now. Yeah, it. I don't care if, it was, if it's out of style now. I really had fond memories of the late 80s <laughs> watching this film yeah why don't they have synth music behind everything tangerine dream was it seriously oh that's great yeah that's one of those synth pop it might just be one person for all i know but anyway synth, synth yeah, it was, pop it's band. a german it was two people tangerine outfit. and dream <laughs> the tag team yeah they've done it's not one of the soundtracks i like particularly I like a lot of that stuff that has that, you know, kind of it evolved into more of a techno thing like Tom and Andy. Uh, they did uh, the Killing Zoe soundtrack. Yeah, and they, they did Sorcerer. Yeah. 
Yeah, stuff like that. I mean, it, it was a pretty clear line of evolution from the synth stuff into the techno stuff. And it's it's fun. It's good soundtrack stuff, I think, when you get that kind of intensity and that atmosphere created by it. And then everybody hates it for a while, and then mm-hmm. they start loving it again. And we're at that point right now. Everybody loves it again. Everybody wants to buy records, and everybody wants to yeah. listen to synth scores and... and you know, if you could have both, if you can get a soundtrack record that has synth music on it and then double whammy. Um, Jolene, what about you? you? I found I found it quite distracting sometimes when you, you get you get this really earthy, uh, you know, gritty bunch of you know, gang of vampires, or should I say vampires? Um riding around and it's it's you know, done pretty you know, realistically as if you know, if if these things existed. But then you get these shots where it's like a five silhouettes going up a hill and it and it suddenly looks like a simple minds video <laughs> uh, i found that i love that shot that was a great shot it's a nice shot but the one um, where they're backlit i think they use that in lost boys too yeah and they, they use yes it the, they do yeah <laughs> just yeah, throwing it, that out it there so i watched lost so boys the time today. it was it just uh, i really liked it because it was so of the time it made me feel like i uh i was still renting videotapes <laughs> you know uh my friend's mom owned a video store so we got i got to watch so many movies again i'm surprised this escaped me completely it probably didn't get good distribution for no. for maybe no. it didn't even come out on video for all i don't know they had yeah they had a pretty good selection of horror movies so would you recommend this, Julian? Have you? I mean, uh, yeah, because she's a, such a good director, and you yeah. need to see everything she's done. Yeah, a lot of this stuff looked just I'm, beautiful. Like, only thing, only only downside for Catherine Bigelow, she peaked with Point Break, <laughs> and once you put something out like that, you can only go downhill. Yeah, <laughs> and then they gave her that Oscar that was, you know, really to make up for. Have you seen Hurt Locker? <laughs> <laughs> yes oscar award-winning hurt locker yeah but that was basically to make up for snubbing point break yeah okay. where fbi agents are taught to surf <laughs> i enjoy that movie i wish uh i think everybody enjoys that yeah, movie it's such a, it's fun. i need to get that movie and watch it again it's been a long time since i've seen that you mean the remake no the original <laughs> didn't see the remake me neither i saw I... the original in the theater I haven't sought out any of these remakes lately at all, like uh, Poltergeist and Mm-mm. Point Break. And it's like, why are you guys doing this? Um, I did catch Fright Night a few years ago when they did that one. That was okay. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Um, you know, it didn't. I don't know that it really added much to the idea. Uh, but um, yeah, the, this this remake craze isn't new and it isn't going away. So. I- it doesn't take anything away from the original. You still I have underst- the original. I understand why, but I wish they would remake movies that weren't good. Yeah. And, and make, make them, them good. good. Yeah. But you wouldn't have the name recognition. You just have everybody going, Ishtar, didn't that suck? <laughs> Howard the Duck, why'd they remake that? Howard the Duck was a perfect movie. Yeah. If only there's some brand recognition for werewolves and wheels. Oh. Yeah. That'd be awesome. I'd be so up for Rob Zombie doing that. Werewolves um, meals on wheels. <laughs> Where werewolves deliver hot meals to isolated elderly. And then eat them. People. And then eat them. <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah, it practically writes itself. 
<laughs> it's my second second favorite food wrapped in my first favorite food. <laughs> it's like a turducken. Right. Yeah, what if you gave them like a turducken or a chicken Kiev or something like that, and then you ate them? It would be like all these layers of flavor. <laughs> it's great. Now, for any listeners who haven't listened to other episodes, we always run into these distractions and little sidebars whenever a movie is actually good. So this alone is is a test. That's a recommendation. Yes, this is this is a recommendation. The less we talk about the yeah. movie, the more we liked it. So by, by percentage of show devoted to the film we're supposed to be talking about. Right. I think... I think the worst one was probably It Follows. Yeah, we're like, it was good. What the fuck do you it want? It was good. good I night. love this movie. I want to go home and watch it again. Yeah, why are we doing this dumb podcast? I want to watch It Follows again. Yeah, there, this one was good, and it, and it did surprise me that it was as good as it was. And I will be going forward with realizing I only probably saw bits and pieces of it and was expecting the shitty other movie to be part of it and didn't follow through. And now I'm glad to know that I haven't watched this before. Now I have, front to back, seen this whole thing, and I loved it. And mm-hmm. I will recommend it to anybody. Um, it'll be fun to promote this one on uh, Instagram because, um, you know, there will be some people going, oh, I remember that. I can't really put my finger on what it was about. Watch it again. I'll be encouraging people. If you haven't seen it for a few years, watch it again. Mm-hmm. happens a lot when you start posting stuff on Instagram. People will say that they, you know... Haven't seen it for 10 years or longer. I imagine a lot of people haven't seen it. Yeah. When I was walking around with the DVD box, I kept getting people. (laughs) uh, I mean, it's got Bill Paxton with half a face on the cover. Mm -hmm. People are like, what is that? (laughs) Oh, I have a horror movie podcast. (laughs) By that time, they usually had run, but, well, they back away slow. Then you have to explain it to them. It's like a radio show, but it's on the internet. Uh huh. It's like a radio show, only no one listens to it. <laughs> uh, we have stats on SoundCloud that we can always look at. I know there are tens of people listening to our show. Tens. I joke. There's probably hundreds, um, and they are all over the globe. It's crazy. Nobody in you know North Pole or South Pole that I've discovered yet, but. Uh, but we've got people from dozens of countries listening to us. And I don't know if they're just Americans who are somewhere else and miss this kind of drivel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so sad. No, uh, I, I joke. There's people who are studying English and they, they find your Chicago and New Mexico accents charming. Oh, good. And I do contend that I've sanded most of the edges off of that South Side accent. I think you should bring it back. Yeah. Attention midway passengers. <laughs> yeah. Oh my. So uh, we don't have you next week, do we, Julian? No. I'll be on the moors. Yeah. Well, you've been warned to stay off of them, so you know, if you come back in a pine box, we'll know why. Maybe we can get you to call in. <laughs> yeah. You have this like <laughs> Yep, that'll sound about like that. What was that? It sounded far. Not far enough. <laughs> ah, uh, we might have some guests sit in with us. Um, if we can wrangle any. Yeah, I, I know I know a couple of people who might do the show with us. Uh, I don't know what we're going to do, though, for a movie. Well. Anything new? 
Um, I keep saying I want to see Green Room, but it's in that weird in-between where it was just in the theaters. Yeah, it's just about to come out on home video. Is it? Uh, I think Condren 2 is still going if you want to do that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, then, then, then I won't have to go to the theater to see it. Oh, this is your ticket out of that <laughs> one. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't hear many good things about The Conjuring 2. Mm. Search for Curly Skull. <laughs> you see, I didn't say Electric Boogaloo this time. No, you I can never I say Electric Boogaloo again. You have to I, say, I haven't said it in months. <laughs> you have to make another title. Pick another. Another sequel. Sequel. There's plenty of them out there. Yeah. I would stick away. I would stay away from Aliens. Yeah. It's just tacking an S end of whatever you know what's funny about that whenever i hear other podcasts talk about alien and aliens they always say it like some cajun chef they're like aliens alien but they put the same emphasis to differentiate they'll they'll differentiate alien from aliens by saying alien then they'll say aliens um just emphasize the s say alien and then say aliens and then you'll know which one scary it is scary. <laughs> hey, there's a movie called. Yes, there is. It's just so, you've seen it. it. I own it. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, you might still have the disc. <laughs> I don't know. I, ha- I don't think so. I think I brought it back. Okay, then I could watch but it. I had a, I had a fear this morning, go- getting ready to watch Near Dark. That I hadn't opened the case, and I opened it. I was like, "There's not going to be a disc in here." I just season know three it. of Alf. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that'd be amazing because there were only two seasons of Alf. Oh, I mean, I don't know that. The, 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 no, I don't know anything about Alf. Season. I didn't watch that. One <laughs> <laughs> where Alf was drunk the whole time. Alf came out the same year this movie came out. Wow, talk about your tie-ins. I mean, what was going on in the public consciousness then? Conspiracy, yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to make any promises, but if we can think of what movie we're going to do and who our guests are going to be, I'll post up something on Facebook and Instagram, which are the two places to find us. Um, I'm just terrible with Twitter. I think I I don't get it. Um, I haven't made a Twitter account for us yet, and I don't know that I will. But uh, do we have any fans in Denver? We do. Actually, Green Irene, who uh, gave us that great five-star review, is in Denver, and she listens to us. Why don't we have her on? Uh, I could ask her, I suppose. I could message her. Stephen Jones said he wanted to... He was excited about listening to our episode on the ruins. I'm sorry, Stephen. Yes. (laughs) I said, "Uh uh-oh. I didn't tell him what we thought of it. Um, uh, I'm sorry. We didn't mean to insult your taste, man. (laughs) You liked it and we didn't. Hey, I like things that other people don't. I like plenty of really crap films i'm sure and nasty tasting cheeses yeah yeah okay fair enough so if we can think of who's gonna be if i put a movie down i mean usually i'm not completely serious or completely sober you know unless you're michael bay yeah i you know i probably don't genuinely hate your films (laughs) yeah but michael bay go to hell that's the message here isn't it Mm, stop making shitty movies man he doesn't know. He doesn't yeah. mean it. He doesn't know better. He just makes shitty movies. Transformers 6. Come on. Stop it. <laughs> That's such a negative note to end on. Let's, <laughs> we don't want to end on a negative Let's note. Let's all say something positive about Michael Bay. Uh, can we just say something positive? <laughs> about Michael Bay. <laughs> he's got a really pleasant sounding last name. Uh, he's carbon based. Uh, the recognizably his 
Yeah, that's a good point. He does have a unique vision. You could catch five seconds of it. I can't always tell what it is. I've watched most of his movies, and they're fascinating. You know, I was thinking of this the other day. I was like, I think I need to see another Transformers movie. Yeah, because I I don't know if it was was you was talking to, but I watched uh, Transformers 3. Yeah. And it was such an anti-movie. Yeah, I went out. It was avant-garde. I went and watched that after you had, quote-unquote, recommended it. (laughs) (laughs) And it was. It was just like every scene. I think you brought this up. Every scene negated the scene that came before it. the immediately preceding Yeah. Now, I do remember you two talking about this in one of our early episodes. And uh, This is where you have the flashback. (laughs) And you drop the clip in. That's right. I'm not going to go find that clip. But I do remember Jolien saying that that Transformers movie was the the model of avant-garde filmmaking. (laughs) That that is such a funny way to look at it. It's Dadaism, man. That's what this is. He's just making nonsense. He knows it. I wish it was at least interesting nonsense. Yeah. That's what I find interesting. It is, though. It is sort of (laughs) compelling. I think uh, Zack Snyder's same sort of thing. Like, his... I don't, I don't find his think films fun, good. though. Kind of I don't find his films so fun. Dour. No, and Michael Bay can make a fun and film. The thing is that they're dour about what? You know, is a guy dressed in tights. Because adults are dour. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what the dourness is about. It's like, yeah, yeah. I, I think I, they're I, supposed I, to make him I seem I enjoyed those up. comics back in 1985. Yeah. But, you know, they're, they're why are you making this film now? I would love to see a Superman movie that was just him taking on talking gorillas and mm-hmm. oh, having crazy powers. and Yeah, if they just made Super Friends the movie. Yeah, even, well, I'm thinking just Superman yeah. comic from like 1963. Mm-hmm. And it's just goofy powers. Bright colors. Bright colors, yeah. I'd turn the color up all did, the way Do you up. see like a, someone like... Because that, that like Man of Steel was so color corrected, yeah. But you can see images before it was color corrected. It's all bright and uh huh. Yeah, I saw somebody. Uh, I don't think they they did anything with the film. I think they were just doing individual pictures. Mm. Uh, but I'd like to see somebody desaturate. Yeah, I'd like to see resaturate an apologetic superhero film. Mm-hmm. Where they're they're heroic and it's brightly colored. And they call, they get called by their superhero names. Um, so so we want to stop the the uh, superhero apologists and the horror shamers. If you're if you're trying to make a superhero movie realistic, and uh, you're just missing the point, I th- I think because superheroes they they're super because they're they're above physics. They're above uh, consequences. Yeah. Uh, if you're if you're going to start bringing in things like consequences, repercussions, you are an adult. You you should be making adult films about yeah. actual people. Uh, totally. Why why are you why are you making a film about someone flying around in tights? Yeah, they're not real. <laughs> they don't work in a real world. Yeah. I think that's why Superman one still works. Mm-hmm. I mean, there yeah, are, yeah. there are bits in there that I groan at. Mm. But 
for the most part, that's pretty close to what I would think a comic book yeah, movie um, would be, a superhero comic book. Yeah. And like the Sam Raimi, the Spider-Man movies, are, are yes, those movements those two. are just joyful. That second movie is fantastic, yeah. I think. Fantastic comic book. Right. It really, really got that Steve Ditko feel. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but all these ones where they tried to do them as serious, dark characters and just... Yeah. Why are you doing that? And I it? think Marvel's moving that direction. To, uh, I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen any but in a long time. But Civil War sounded kind of dour mm. as well. Yeah. Oh, the first Captain America movie. I like that. Yeah. You that know? was such fun. They, uh, they could have chopped that in two and had two perfectly good movies. It went on too long. <laughs> but the first half of that movie is fantastic. Yeah, I enjoyed it thoroughly. I enjoyed all of it, but I, I thought at some point when Bucky falls off the train or whatever, mm. uh, it lagged. It had a serious lag before it reached the end, like they were okay. kind of spinning their wheels. Hi, welcome to uh, Chewing the Scenery. <laughs> yeah, bonus edition. We're just going to clip We're gonna this. We're going to talk about comic book films. You know, what we should do is just clip this 20 minutes out and just, you know, do it as a bonus episode. A bonus episode. <laughs> yeah, well, anyone missing Jolien this week? Guess what we've got for you. <laughs> We're going to talk. We'll have a special like ragging on Michael Bay and discussing superhero movies. Yeah. Any other superhero movies work for you? Uh, the... Iron Man movies are generally liked. Those are fun. I'm I'm the odd one out. I preferred Iron Man two to Iron Man. Hmm. Uh, one of my favorite Marvel movies was Blade two. I thought that was Blade great. two is a pretty good one. It even had like the uh, Kirby Crackle and some of it. Mm-hmm. I liked that one. Yeah, that was a good one. That also had a lot to do with uh, Del Toro, I think. Yeah, yeah. You know, because I didn't, I did not care for Blade one. Okay. Yeah, I, I found that. I mean, yeah, it's just not good. It's just not firing on all cylinders. Um, I don't know any others. <laughs> this is going to be hard to fill for the whole twenty minutes. <laughs> Big ass spider is really good if you if you haven't watched that. Big ass spider. Yeah. Are there asses involved? <laughs> well, yes, there are. <laughs> or does the spider have a big ass? Well, find yeah, out. Technically speaking. I don't think it's known in England as huge thorax spider. <laughs> yes. Oh. So polite with yes. the lingo. You're going to come back all even more polite. Yes. Yes. Oh, man. We'll, we'll beat that right out of you. We'll talk about some really <laughs> shitty movie. <laughs> Next week, we will have our show about England. <laughs> and we will discuss facts. Yes. And... yes so to or to sort out what the best uh, British horror movies are. Yeah. Well, he's not here to confirm this, but uh, Jolien said <laughs> that's going to be next week. Yeah, yeah. We should call it a show, man. Let's get All right. Here. Let's do it. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Listeners, if you get a chance, go to iTunes uh, and or and whatever outlet you found us on and rate, review, subscribe. It does help other people find us in countries all over the damn world. It's amazing. Um, thanks again to the Moon Race for giving us intro creature features at the top of the show. Uh, you can find them on iTunes. You can find them on Amazon. Buy their music. Support them. And uh, until, well, until we get Jolien back or you hear from us in the meantime. Uh, until we record the next episode. Thank you for and listening. And listen to it. <laughs> thank you for listening and stay, stay off, off the moors. That's where I'll be. Well, stay off of them. <laughs> yeah, you've been warned. <laughs> hey, you. Get off of that. <laughs>